I think the statistic is something like 0.4% of people will buy something online the first time they see it. So that means 99.6% of people will not look at an ad for a product and go buy it. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to episode eight of Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte from Hook SEO Digital Marketing, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Who are you? So I am one of the owners with Scott Burson of Hook SEO Digital Marketing, and I write the books and listen to all the podcasts and write the topics and do all the research and all of those kinds of things so that we can disseminate all that information to everyone else so that they can build their business. <laughs> I know I do a lot of shit, right? Is that all? Right. I mean, and sorry. in the background, we've got Tracy Hicks of the hey. All Things Real Estate Store. Say hi, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Oh, Hi, guys. You listen so well. I know. All right, guys. Today, we're going to talk about social media for small businesses. And let's just get right into it. There is a lot of gurus out there telling people what to post and when to post it. And let's face it, they're making a killing. They're making a lot of money yeah. telling people how to do social media. So does it work? No. Well, the people that are listening <laughs> are making no, a lot of money. Kidding. So here's one thing that I really, really believe is that people who sell courses online about how to make money are really good at selling courses so that people can write courses about how to make money online. The only course that you can write by the people who are teaching you how to write courses to make money online is another course about how to make money online. <laughs> because if you use it, too? if you yeah. use it for anything else, I'm a guru. don't bash us. Well, have you ever seen that show? I'm not your guru. You should watch it on Netflix. I don't it's know. It's really good. Maybe. But anyway, it's, uh, that's not important to the story. <laughs> What's important to the story is there's a very few people online who have worked in the trenches of building yes. a business online, like a real business there with we go. physical products or mm -hmm. physical services that they have to do that have been in there and like had to like go out and get customers. You got to walk the eat. walk if you're right. talking the talk. That makes sense. You can use that. They can use that's that. Right. Is that awesome. copyrighted, trademarked TM. and all that stuff? Now it is. <laughs> Want to buy a house? <laughs> that, buy a that, house. Is. that is trademark. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Tracy owns a business that sells things to realtors and the like that help them differentiate themselves from other people. You throw a stone in most towns and you're going to hit a realtor. Hey, now. It's true. <laughs> um, so, so she helps those realtors actually take the time, figure out how they're going to market themselves and... Do it differently so they stand out from the rest. Yes. And social media and marketing is a huge part of our business. Exactly. It's, I mean, it, it's it's a huge part of our business to work on our business. And it is our business, <laughs> what we're selling. Right. Well, you products. have a, you have a, both a retail store and an e-commerce store. Yes. And the retail location is in Portland. Yes. And then you also sell both nationally and then you license internationally also, right? Yes. And we sell, we've sold a few things to people in South Africa and Australia and a few other places, but we, 90% of our business is online. And there's 5,000 realtors in Portland and I still have a lot of work to do to get them all in the door. But, you know, having a retail side, we only have the retail store because people are like overhead. But we have the retail store because it's also our fulfillment, our offices, and storage, 
and right. all that good stuff. So why not have retail so that people can come in? And then realtors really love it when they come in from out of town. They get to come in and see the products and buy it and touch it and feel it and all that good stuff. And then the agents in Portland, you know, we get a lot of times people that just need shoe booties because they have a new listing or an open house coming up. So they come in for the necessities, which, by the way, we only sell cute booties. We don't sell the ugly blue ones. We sell red ones and pink ones and yellow ones and green ones. So (laughs) I can't tell you how happy that makes realtors. And it is one of our most popular products. But it's so much more than that and helping realtors market and giving them good design products because that's really what started the company is all of the terrible design that we've had out there in the realtor world world for so long. We really are dinosaurs when it comes to technology and marketing because realtors are front facing, you know, they're relationship based, they're talking face to face to people and they're working face to face with people. And so that's what they're good at. All the other stuff is stuff that they have to learn and figure out and hire out and those kinds of things. So we're just trying to make it easier for them and make them look good and make the real estate world look better. So one of your highest producing Facebook ads and Instagram ads that we just made right is about shoe booties. <laughs> and and how fun is that to do ads for booty? Shoe booty. <laughs> strangely, I spent probably three and a half hours writing different pieces of copy for this. Like I would go and do something else and I'd work on it and I would think of another one and I would yep. come back and I would be like, it's your this. duty to bring the booties. <laughs> Can, can and you then make... I would like write something else and I'd come back and I'd be like, oh yeah, we got that picture where like the shoe booties are on a stairwell and I'd be like, time to take your booty upstairs <laughs> kind of thing. And I would just keep coming up with more and more of them. And right. and it's crushing it online. It's got a um, 10 relevance score for any of you who know anything about Facebook ads. That's really hard to do. And we didn't even think about, I mean, why haven't we done a booty ad yet? Yeah. I mean, I think we had kind we of one. We have in the past, we had but like we've never shake, used shake, like... or something like that. But it was the same. It was a, it might have been a carousel. But yeah, now we're using, we use our well, the Instagram. one before was the video one that said, shake your booties. Yeah. That's where I got the idea to do the one with all the different panels with each yeah. photo. I think you should make an ad. You remember the Music Man, or yeah, maybe it was Music Man, uh, the Shapoopy song? Yes. You should rewrite the <laughs> words, shoe booty, shoe booty, shoe booty. <laughs> They're booties for your shoes. I don't know. Anyway. Who knew that booties would be such a that thing? That right there is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and copyright that right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need a nickel off of every shoe booty right, sale yeah. for the next ever, oh, forever. There you go. Shoe booties. That's right. where it's at. So let's talk about it. Where do you start? I'm, I'm a new business. Okay. I sell shoe not booties booties? see now it's in your head it's (laughs) a what do you call that an earworm yeah (laughs) so i i sell i'm a new business and i sell shoe booties but i only sell the blue ones because those are my favorite blue (laughs) blue shoe booties shut it down how do i start do i start on facebook instagram twitter pinterest snapchat linkedin do you want the amateur answer first or the professional answer first i want i want the answer I want to know. Well, let's teach me your ways, guru. Right, you're so the one who knows how to say sell. Say you're All selling, right. you're only doing e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we'll have a different example. We'll talk about a retail or a service business after. Okay. So for an e-commerce store, where do you think they would start? Well, today I would start with obviously Facebook and Instagram. I think Instagram more so if you have a booty business because people need to see well, see maybe not booty? people. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But the funny thing about booties, we should have used a different example, but I think that's not going to happen. But when it comes to shoe booties, like even us, there's so many other ways that you can use booties. So you have to kind of think about that because people aren't, they're going to be like, why do I need booties? But people that need the booties, so you have to find your people 
who is right. that? It's going to be real estate agents and maybe painters or so identify your target market. Identify your target market, and then you have to speak to them. So when you're curating your content or whatever, you have to speak their language. So we, it's really easy for me to do. Well, first of all, we please just start a business that you know. I mean, I guess right. some people do drop shipping and start businesses they have no clue or whatever, and. That's all fine and dandy, but it's for me, it's so much easier because I was a real estate agent for so long. I was a real estate agent for 12 years. So I knew what was missing. I knew what the pain points were. That's always going to be a thing. I think that that's probably marketing 101 Mm -hmm. is that you have to solve a pain point. So there's two parts of booties on education. It's educating the buyers that are coming into houses and they get upset because you want them to take their shoes off or wear shoe booties. And so shoe booties are giving you another option if you don't want to take your shoes off. That was another ad. Keep right. don't get cold feet before you come in feet. the door. Don't take your shoe, you know, don't take your shoes off, wear booties. But um and so, you know, knowing who you're speaking to, your audience is really important. And then also we tell real estate agents, so now, see now it's my business. Now I'm the boot now I'm in the booty business. You stole That's my right. business idea. I know, I totally did. But I'm speaking what I know. So just <laughs> we're just gonna go with that. Let's go with it. But this is the same thing. If you're starting a new business, you know, writing all these ideas down because you're gonna come back to them and you're gonna have so many ideas in one particular day or week that you're never gonna be able to do all them, but then you're gonna have a week where you're like stuck. So make sure you have that information somewhere because you can go back to it. I have notebooks everywhere and I look back at all of them. So going back to the social media part, Instagram is where we post all of our posts and then we go from there. So we'll share it to Facebook. I share it to Twitter. I'm not a Twitterer. I don't go on there to read Twitter. I go on there because I know other people are on there. So I need to be relevant. And then we go on LinkedIn. We post on there and we do that because we know that's where the professionals are at. And we know that that is kind of a connector spot. And so even if there isn't a real estate agent, if somebody else sees our booty ad, they're going to tag a realtor friend. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, have you seen these cute red booties? And they're going to tell their realtor friends. And people really like messages on LinkedIn from their friends because all they get is a bunch of garbage spam. Yeah. And a lot of times they won't send a message. They'll just take a lot of our posts on LinkedIn are tags. And I really like that because I do not read one single message on LinkedIn. I've gotten 15 uh, messages to buy things on LinkedIn this week. Oh, easily. And don't call me. Don't call people. It's the worst. I just that's not my business model. But the second I pick up the phone and somebody says, oh, we're, we just became friends on LinkedIn, I'm like, I want to hang up in their face. That's right. It makes me so mad. But we I don't. Get, we Did get we the meet SEO. before that? <laughs> no. Click. Right. My company's maybe you called, should do your due diligence. I'm not even a realtor anymore. My company's called Hook SEO, and we get 10, 20 messages a day about, how's your SEO? Oh, no, no way. Maybe you should do read research. the name on it first. Or just research. Just anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're just using bots, so the bot doesn't care, right? Right. But I own a real estate company, things. too, and I get it's people stupid, recruiting right? me. I'm yeah. like, if you just Googled just me, look, right? just Google me, and you'll, you know, it's the only time I ever say yeah. Google me. <laughs> hey, do you want to come and work at my brokerage? Yeah, I'm going to sell my company and go ahead and do that. And I'll I'm not even a realtor anymore. Right now. Exactly. Nice try. <laughs> 
If you would have said yes, I would have been the happiest guy ever. Except for the new right, like, so now you're what? Small business, <laughs> online business, you want to be marketing online. I'd say one thing that we didn't talk about there that you really, really need to hit these days is Pinterest. And the reason about Pinterest, I know everybody's like, Pinterest, isn't that just for making like Peppa Pig cakes and stuff? Mm-mm. But it's not. So when you yeah. put something on Pinterest, it's true. good thing we have a pop filter for when I'm talking about pinning on Pinterest. <laughs> Spitting on the microphone. Just, all right. So anyway... <laughs> The, the lifetime of a post is something that people almost never consider. Because it stays on Pinterest forever. It stays on Pinterest forever. So if yeah. you spend an hour making a really good image and a really good description and link it back to your blue booties, right? Mm-hmm. And you put that blue picture up and, you know, whatever it is your call to action is going to be. And maybe it's a infographic that tells you all the ways that you can use shoe booties for businesses. Right. And at the bottom, it says something like, Click here to get your booties. Right. That's going to be on Pinterest for, you know, years. Yeah. Right? Yep. If you do that same amount of work and you post it on Facebook after two days, it's gone. Right. Right. Nobody's going to see it again. Unless they go to your page, which almost no one does. Does, yeah. So spending the extra effort to put that stuff on a place like Pinterest, or maybe maybe you can make a slideshow about all the different ways you could use shoe booties, right? Just do it in PowerPoint or something. Do we do stuff on put Pinterest or am I supposed to be doing that? We do both. Okay. So once you put a slideshow or something together, you can go to SlideShare, yeah. which is owned by LinkedIn. And you can upload your presentation about shoe booties. Into Pinterest. And that is a, you can put it onto the slideshow on SlideShare, share it onto LinkedIn. So now you get a LinkedIn post out of it. Okay. And then you get a backlink. It's considered a high authority backlink from SlideShare right. to your website. Because you have a business presentation, I put that in quotes, business right. presentation, right. right, about shoe booties now that links back to your website that's about shoe booties. You lost You've me at got Pinterest, man. A Pinterest link back to you from <laughs> Shoe Booties, right? So all these things they they build up, right? Yeah. So social media is great for that quick hit over and over and over, but yeah. you got to keep doing it. But I mean, you can go update your Pinterest stuff once a month, maybe even once a quarter. What if I have enough cases. stuff on Pinterest now? Then what What's you want to do is unpin and repin. Oh, Matt. Where you unpin it and then you repin it again to the same board or to another board. Is there a company I can And then it for brings that? it up again. There's software that will do it. Or you What's can hire that? us and we'll buy the software. <laughs> yeah. Or you right. can hire us, we'll buy the software for you. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's good for a business where you actually sell something. But what about service-based industries? Where's the best place for them to start? All right. So let's say... Realtors. Right. Service-based businesses, realtors. If you're an electrician or plumber, or HVAC, something like that, any kind of service-based business, where would you start, Tracy? Let's say you sell say a, a real estate store and you go back into real estate. Where's step one? Instagram and a Facebook page. Now, here's the thing about Facebook pages. Like you've said this a few times that people don't go onto the profiles, but let's be real. You have to have a Facebook page just because if you don't, you don't exist. And Google ranks it pretty high. If you have a Facebook page, if somebody Googles you, your Facebook page is coming up in the first four or five Yeah, you want to have that thing that's there for, for research purposes. Yeah, then that means you can't just have a Facebook page that has nothing on it. So you have to put content on there. But if you're putting stuff on there, you know, once a week and, and, and doing a few things with it, you just have to be active. You don't want somebody to go on there and be like, and I've seen this a lot, where a realtor hasn't posted in two months and you're like, oh, they must not do real estate anymore. Two so, months, I've seen them like 
three years. Right. <laughs> and if you shut down a page and start a new one, and or if you move companies, just change the name of the page. Don't go trying to do a whole new page and all that. But anyway, so yeah, I think that as a service, I think Instagram is really great for a few different things when it comes to service industries and real estate agents in general is that you guys have content every single day in your in your work life. Right. So document that, you know, snap a few pictures. And I don't know what agent doesn't have 3,000 pictures of houses in their phone. Use those. You can go back from, you know, a really beautiful picture you took of a house a long time ago and just say, hey, do you guys love the color of this door? Or we want spring to come back. You know, we're ready. I remember last year or whatever. Right. You have a ton of content at your fingertips because of your phone. And, you know, so utilizing that. And then captions and all that are really important and engagement is obviously the most important thing. So asking questions. And even if you get one person commenting, that's one person. And I'll let you speak on the algorithm part. But obviously, the more engagement there is on your posts, then the better off you are. Absolutely. And uh, another thing. Are we is, only talking social? Or are we talking like other stuff too? Well, we could talk other stuff too. But I mean, since but we're tech. on the topic of social right now, <laughs> since I mean. we're the, master, the right. masters of if you were a real estate agent or any any service-based person, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what the service is. Even you're like cleaning gutters, you're washing yeah. windows, you're doing electrician, you're whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You're a framer, you're whatever. Yeah. You need to be what we like to call local famous, right? Yes. Everyone you should know, everyone you know. Should know. Should know that you that do you're... that thing. And they should know why they should choose you instead of someone else to do that thing. Yes. That is an easy distinction to make on social media. And you don't have to do with your business page or any of these things. You just go online and you can be like, look at this picture of Bob and Janice who just moved into their house. Here's a picture of them. They're so happy. They're so excited. I was so glad that I could help them get into that house. Yes. And I got them into that house in a tough market where there were six offers and we still got them in the door. And that's and now, the perfect point right. is this, it's about the story. Everything is a, a storytelling. Uh, there's a story in everything, first of all, but we're in the storytelling era and especially in real estate. That is so much yeah. better than saying I sold another house because right. nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a right. shit that no. you sold but they do care about Bob and Jan and that there's going to be something in that story that is going to pertain to somebody that's like, oh, my gosh, right. I'm in that same spot. Or I didn't think I had the credit either. Or, oh, my gosh, I can afford a house or whatever. You don't know what part of the story is going to right. resonate with someone. It's about that connection. Your so. simple, simple social media story is overcoming an obstacle. There was something wrong and we fixed it. Let's say you're a commercial realtor. Yeah. How many people need a commercial realtor? Not very many. Right. Right. But let's say uh, I had somebody, they came in, they bought this fourplex and we found out from the city, we did a sewer scope and we found out that the sewer is pretty much destroyed and we mm-hmm. have to replace this whole thing. But because of all my connections, yeah. I was able to partner with the city and have them pay for cap, it, pay for the <laughs> yeah. cost of like from the street all yep. the way up to the property line. And then we only had to pay for half the sewer. Yep. I saved $36,000. And now you're talking about a sewer right. as a realtor and somebody is going to be in that same boat. I mean, and when I started in real estate, when I bought my first house, I was not a realtor and I had a sewer nightmare. I had a What's the, there's a septic tank and a um what's the other one? Sump pump? No, I don't even know what it is. You know so. the underground cesspool. Okay. Well. I had a cesspool in my backyard, y'all, and I had never heard what the hell is a cesspool? <laughs> is it as bad as it sounds? Well, let me tell you, it is because I didn't know I had one until my bathtub and my sink backed up, and right. I'm no, not even going to tell you what came out of there. Oh. 
So it's super (laughs) shitty. And the worst part about it is when I bought the house. But anyway, I have I had that story. So I was like sewer diligent as a realtor all the time. I was like, everybody's getting a sewer scope. And I didn't even know what a sewer scope was when I bought my house. So those kinds of stories, again, you just don't know what's going to resonate with people. But that also makes you the authority on what you're talking about. And you're not a plumber. You're not the sewer guy. But that's a part of your job. And people don't even know that. And so the funniest part is when you talk about stuff and then you have a new client and they're like, and we get this a lot too with our products. Agents will take pictures of our products. And we've had agents on several occasions say, come in to buy something. And they're like, yeah, I have a new listing. And when they hired me, they told me only if you have that cute real estate stuff in our house. So it works, even if you're just talking about, I mean, I'm marketing my business right now. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I'm on a podcast. I mean, obviously you're live too, but that's an afterthought. But I'm doing a podcast, but I'm still wearing my sweatshirt. I'm not a realtor anymore, but I am marketing my business. So, you know, you constantly have to be. My logo on my shirt. My logo's on my jacket. My logo's (laughs) on my pop socket on the back of my phone. The background of my phone has my logo on it. Right? Yeah. I had, yeah, and I'll, and I'll use my products. I, I don't do the want to buy a house stuff anymore. I do mostly the real estate life stuff because right. I don't want somebody, well, no, I could still have somebody ask me and then I refer them. But Yeah, you could refer them out. Yeah, to one of my agents. But So that kind of brings us to the next point. Like if you do something that you know, mm-hmm. I want to sell booties. I know nothing, but I really like the blue ones. I'm going to sell those, right? I don't know it. So I'm not going to have a lot of content. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it is what it is. But as a new business, do I want to spend my time and, and money and stuff like that creating content or do I want to just spend it on advertising, get that quick win, get people to buy? What do I want to do as the new business? Because if I don't have the content, I need to do something. kind of goes hand in hand, but... Yeah, I was going to say probably 50-50, right? You should spend half the money on creating and the ability to create content and half of it on monetizing or not monetizing, but actually on advertising spend money on it, yeah. so that you can distribute that content to people. Because let's face it, if you put a new business page on Facebook or Instagram right now and you start posting stuff, nobody's seeing it. Like nobody. But if you, let's say you've got, even if you're just starting out, maybe you've only got like 500 bucks in your marketing budget, then spend a hundred of that on learning how to shoot video and learning how to copyright, you know, take a couple of quick cheap courses online on copywriting, buy a book, whatever, learn how to do YouTube the stuff, it. right? Take some stuff with your phone, yeah, become YouTube certified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> YouTube certified no, I was is what search YouTube to figure out how to do it. Jeremy calls it when you have to fix something. He's like, "Oh, broke broke the garage door, going to go get YouTube, YouTube. certified." Exactly. Right. I'm YouTube certified right. on pretty much anything. So See, there's some people that are like serious YouTubers and I'm not until I need something and then I'm like, and then it, I, it's rabbit hole stuff. You know, you go down a rabbit hole and you see one YouTube video and then now you're on YouTube for three hours, but it really does help a lot. (laughs) I've learned a lot because, because now it, again, it's the information era. So everybody's giving you their information. Photographers are telling you how to take great pictures because they know you're going to try it. And maybe eight out of 10 people that try it are going to bust and they're going to hire a photographer. Yep. Right. So it doesn't hurt to give out that information. And so I think also, too, going back to your first question about what do I do, I think the best advice I can say about anything at this point is strategy. Whatever it is, think ahead and figure out a strategy and like 
at least take some time to consider what you're going to do. Don't just willy-nilly like throw some money at an ad because you're just throwing your money down the toilet. You have to have intention. You've got to have a strategy and figure out what is the message you want to get across and what is your end game and then figuring out all the in-between stuff just comes a lot easier right spend a little bit of money learning right education maybe take some local workshops or something in person where you can go ask questions yeah right or learn about the questions that you didn't even know to ask and then now you've got something where you can actually create a good ad you can you can write some actual advertising copy not just some horseshit you're going to write down like everybody else does it says buy my stuff and then you've got some money to put behind some advertising so you can do some testing. So what you don't do is go, I'm selling shoe booties to real estate agents. Right. So you go on Facebook and you write an ad that says blue shoe booties for realtors. And you put a picture of them on there, a crappy picture. And then you stick $300 of ad money behind it and expect that anyone's going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just not going to happen. Right. 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 What actually happens is you... Spend a couple hundred dollars learning how to make good content, learning how to create a customer avatar. Who is my customer? You know, right. How to do targeting, how to find the right people. And then you do some testing. You spend a few bucks on each ad until you find one that works and someone does actually buy something from you. Now you know that that type of ad and that type of, of copy works. Then right. make more of that, right? Yeah. And now you've got a path to get somewhere Yeah. instead of just starting – and throwing away all your money. Yeah. You know, and then you're then you're nowhere, right? Because now you don't have any more money because you just threw it all in the garbage exactly. because you didn't figure out what you're doing. And you didn't make any money. And you didn't of make it. any money. <laughs> you know how many people tell me that we tried Facebook ads and it didn't work? And I say, Well, how did you do it? Right? Right. I'm curious to hear the same answer that everyone gives me. And then they say, Oh well, I posted our picture of, of our product <laughs> and then I boosted it for like a hundred dollars and, and we didn't get anything, right? And I'm like the reason is not that boosting doesn't work. The reason is, for starters, you don't sell shit with boosts, right? Boosts right. Are, are for reach. Right. And the ad manager has 16 different types of ads that you can create. And right. Underneath that, there's five or six others. I mean, there's there's literally thousands of combinations. Right. So maybe you should read a book before you <laughs> jump into that, right? Like spend Or hire hours, the right, right person. Yeah, or right. hire somebody if you yeah. can afford to, right? But when you're starting hire out, maybe you're not you can't, right? Yeah. Well, but maybe it you can. Depends if you have funding, right? I or, didn't have many you know. when I met you. I was we started with $500. Yeah. And now we spend what? More? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Just a a love it. Right. But we're getting such an ROI. But it also, it's not just about that ad, just like you were saying. You have to have all the other things around it, too. You have to have activity. You can't just have an ad out there and expect that to do. You have to have, you know, posts. And we've we've talked about live and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. But you can't just, yeah. All the other ducks need to be in a row. Yeah. Because let's say you do run some ads and you sell something and maybe. Your ad does really well, but you can't get the product to people fast right. enough. Now you've got a problem, right? Or you can't get enough from the distributor to fulfill all your orders. Right. Or you have the people come in and you fulfill the orders, but then you don't do any follow-up, which means you have to pay every single time you need a customer, right? Maybe you need to get people on your mailing list and yeah. you know, maybe you're not good at that. Maybe you need to automate some follow-up on your mailing list. Maybe you need to start a mailing list. I would say that's probably a good place to start. We didn't also, even talk about right? that. So, yeah. Yeah. What if we're, um, what if we're not online at all though? What if we're strictly an offline that? business? Well, yeah. Who's yeah. That? Oh, you mean we think we think oh, the who's company? that right? But what if the company itself, the new company, 
is strictly a brick and mortar. The owner, let's say he's an older person, you know, 60s, 70s or whatever, just started a new business because he can. And he's he's strictly an offline business. How would he become, you know, local famous? How would he help get the word out and stuff like that? Because there's got to be a way to do it. So if you're strictly offline business, like you have no online sales at all, which is pretty common, actually. Um, there's yeah, but still he's also saying that the owner is not right? on. So he's yeah, a, the owner's not necessarily on, on it. social media. He's and older, so he doesn't know. He has to hire somebody. You hire somebody. You cannot run a successful business without being online. You don't have to sell online, but I'm saying you have to market there, online. So I wouldn't say a hundred percent that you have to have to. And I've run a digital marketing company, right? But your chance of success we're talking about is a, pretty limited. We're talking about a store. Right? We're not talking about a psychiatrist in an office. Right, no. We're talking about selling a product but only having a brick and mortar. So if you're a psychiatrist in an office, <laughs> you better be able to be found online because somebody yeah. wants to do research. But you don't have to have social media per se. Right. right. You don't necessarily right. have to. Yeah. So, okay, but let's talk about this for a second. Let's say a guy owns a toy store, okay, and he's completely offline, right? Hire someone to come in for a few hours a day, you know, a few times a week, and they can help you with stuff around, and then they can do your social media things for you. They don't have to, like, crush it out of the gate, but you need to get somebody in there who's going to get the ball rolling, right? You have to, yeah. Like, what you don't want to do is say, oh, well, I pay my nephew 40 bucks because he's 14 and he does my social media. Takes about pictures. (laughs) Somebody who is there that you can direct to yeah. say, okay, here's this new stock that came in. Please make sure that this gets shown online. And you that's know. a good point too, the direct. I mean, that goes for not just that guy that Jeremy was just talking about that really does not exist. Right. Um, but the direction part, even like I forget, even with you, like, oh my gosh, this is my business. Like I need right. to be directing what's happening because I know what I want for my business. I'll, you know, of course you do your thing and I don't, What's that called when you uh, micromanage? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't micromanage that, but it's still my well, business we've been and my brand. A long time, so yeah, you have a good idea what you want. Exactly, right? but. exactly. But I still need to be directing that. And the perfect example: the booties are back again. It, right. It's something I just didn't think of marketing. I was like, oh, we need to be marketing booties. Like it was. I mean, it was, and we did it after winter. I mean, we should have right. did that months ago. It just you didn't think of it. I didn't think of it. But that's my responsibility as a business owner to make sure that I'm directing what is happening with my business. And it's the same thing with social media. If you just hire somebody in social media, directing them and micromanaging them in the beginning is a must. You have to do it. You know what's best for your business. You take advice from the professionals, but you know what's best for your business. You know your product. You know where you want it to go. You know the brand that you're trying to build. You know the brand. You know the language. All of that. So you have to direct it. And that goes back to strategy. So, you know, and I've been in the process of hiring a production person to do some e-commerce stuff and I was trying to do it all myself and I shut the whole thing down because I could not get the production side of it. I'm like, why am I trying to learn how to produce a video and edit it? I couldn't even cut a piece out right. It wouldn't even, I just couldn't get it to work. And so it got me so frustrated that I just said, I'm, I'm putting this on the back burner and 
it came back because I was like, I can hire a producer right. that. I can hire somebody to do that. So now it's the project's back on. And so I think, again, hiring professionals, what they're good at. And because it can do a lot more damage if you don't. And it can you can lose money because right. you're doing the wrong things or you're spending money on the wrong things or whatever. And we all make mistakes. Like mistakes are a must too in your business. You have to learn from your mistakes. And so you have to make them. Obviously, nobody runs a business mistakeless. It's just not possible. So what, what you don't say can hurt you. Right. 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 So if you don't have a presence where somebody is searching for a presence to mm. find out if they can trust you or if you're a real business or whatever, you better be in that place that they're looking. Um, and that comes back to we were talking on the last episode. We were talking a lot about, you know, all the places that customers can go search. But I think today we we're going to talk about touch points and... Briefly, I, I, why don't you actually go through the question about so, touch points? Because I know we are going to go over it, but I don't want to mess it up before we answer back, it. Back in the uh, the olden days, I say olden yeah. days, right? Last week. Well, things changed drastically <laughs> in like 2000, 99, 2000. For things sure. went from being, I'm going to send out a bunch of flyers and do mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And Mailers. that whole dot-com boom just changed the way we do everything, right? And you used to have to touch people. You'd have to talk to them, contact them. Call them. Five to seven times, right? So there would be multiple touch points. Is it still a thing? If it is, how many times do I need to make that touch point? How many times do I need to contact them, show them my stuff, anything like that before they actually buy? The short so, answer is yes. And then I'll let Matt do the long answer. I think we should answer. define <laughs> a touch point okay. first, right? So any time that a customer comes in contact with your brand either online or offline, I would call that a touch point. So that could be seeing an advertisement. It could be buying something. It could be talking to someone. It could be an email. Each of those things are a type of touch point. So how many do you think (laughs) it takes nowadays for the average person? Do you know the answer to this and you're making me guess? Absolutely. Mm, Maybe? Not a clue. I couldn't even answer that. I don't know. But what I can answer is, Jeremy asking, is it still necessary, like face-to-face? And absolutely, yes. So in the real estate world, I've heard in the last few years, people saying, oh, it's 10 touch points and it's 12 touch points. And we were talking earlier about gurus online, right? But the latest data that I heard that came back out of uh, Digital Marketers Traffic Conversion Summit, they were saying that the average is 22 to 24 touch points. Oh, gosh. What? How many? 22 to 24 touch points for the average person to make a purchase. That's how many times that they need to have seen or heard from your brand before they make a buying decision. That's a lot of work. Now, Think from Google is a part of Google where they do experiments and then they give us the results. And one of those experiments they just did was tracking people through different types of sales processes. Mm -hmm. And they did one example that was just off the hook. It was a lady who wanted to buy a new car but she had made absolutely no decision. Like she had no idea what kind of car she wanted. She's just like, I need a new car. I'm going to start looking. Okay. They counted all the touch points of all the things that she She did did. to try and look for a car. Okay. And it was 900 touch points between all the companies. Did she buy a car? For a single (laughs) company, it was over, I believe it was 126 touch points with one company to end up buying their car. What? So that's between seeing pictures of the car, all the things, looking online. Mm. And not only that, 75% of those touch points were on a mobile device and 25% were on like a laptop or tablet or computer. I can speak to that because I'm in the process right now. So you've got people where 
not only are they searching for things on multiple devices, right? Like right. they're going from their platforms. phone to their tablet, and they're also on different platforms. And they're going to, they call it multi, it's multi-device, multi-channel is the fancy name for it. Of course. So a channel would be something like SEO, right? Like right. Google searches mm-hmm. or Pinterest or advertising yeah. or, you know, word of mouth marketing type stuff. Yeah. Each of those touch points that happens, you can now with modern marketing and sales channels, you yeah. can see all the points along where somebody goes through the buying journey. And a lot of people are really stuck in that direct marketing age from the 90s, right. and the early 2000s, and even before that, where it was, I need to figure out what ad I need to show someone that will make them buy this thing, which is totally not the way it works. Well, and when you say, when my mouth dropped, when you said 126, n- now that you're saying it, especially when it comes to a car, and here's the thing about that the car company and any other business is that you have to think about Sally, who's never, whoever, whatever her name is that you just explained to us is knowing who that customer is and how you're going to market that person without that person even existing yet, or maybe they have, but you know what I'm saying? So like I'm in the process right now of looking at, I know what car I want, but I'm looking online. I don't, I haven't been doing it for my phone much except for some of the negotiating is, but not the, but if you think about it at a car company, pictures are everything. Mm -hmm. So they hired a photographer and every inch of that car is photographed. So there's at least 50 pictures on the car that I want. And I looked at every single one, probably eight times. Now I'm curious, what car is it? A Maserati. Which one? Uh, the Ghibli. Ghibli. They're getting big in, in the Q4 Sport. In the U.S. now. Kevin, my salesperson, as long as he's not. Oh, this isn't live, so I'm safe because we're still negotiating. <laughs> 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 I don't want him to know how bad I want the car. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, so I know that process. And so it's the same with your product. You know, if you're, for us, pictures are everything because, A, a lot of people don't know about our specific, like a testimonial prop. You know, you can kind of figure out what that is, but maybe you don't. But when you see a picture of a family holding it in front of their house, that's all it took for them to go, oh, that's what it is. Um, you know, our welcome signs are on a PVC and L-bend. We call them L-bends. Right. They're like, what is an L-bend? So images, we call it showing our products out in the wild. So seeing that's it right. at an open house with cookies in front of it and asking people to sign in or whatever. So images are a huge deal. And for us, we repost a lot of pictures. But professional pictures, if you are in the business to sell product, it's a must. You have to hire a professional photographer because everybody's doing that. And other pictures, right. the image is going to sell it. Yeah, and video. So, yeah, you need to have good description. All of the pertinent details about that, right? Yeah. Like how big is it? What are the dimensions? How much does it weigh? Yeah. And then what is it? What does it look like? Different angles of photos, that kind of thing. Yep. And if you're a service-based business, it should be like, here's a picture of our truck. This is a picture of what your uniformed employee is going to look like coming yep. to your house. So you can trust that you know that if somebody else comes to your house, it doesn't look like that. You're like, yep. I don't, I'm not going to let that guy in. So it's all about building trust and everything. And then the touch points thing, just to kind of wrap it up here, is... I think the statistic is something like 0.4% of people will buy something online the first time they see it. So that means 99.6% of people will not look at an ad for a product and go buy it. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Wow. They need to have seen it several times. Yeah. They do some research. A lot of times they'll go look at reviews. They'll search it on Google. They'll mm-hmm. search on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. whatever, right, before they make a purchase. So yeah. remember that those touch points 
I mean, we're talking about 20, 25 touch points. So you want to have those systems in place where you can show people your brand and your product multiple times. Yeah. So that by the time it does come to ask them for a sale, yeah. you're 20 touch points in, you're not coming out of the gate saying, a lot of people call it the teenage boy move. <laughs> hey. Do I want to know? They're like, hey, I just met you. Do you want to go out? Right. Uh, like, you go out with like me? asking for marriage on the first date <laughs> kind of thing, right? Right. It's you got to be like, you got you to gotta warm people up over time to your brand until they get to the point that they would be at to make a buying decision because they're not going to make it the first couple times they talk to you. Well, and that speaks back to what Jeremy talked about real briefly, and we've totally skipped over this, but your email marketing is a must. You have to you have to figure out how you're going to gather subscriptions. Every single website you go to, they're offering you a download to get your email. Mm-hmm. But I will subscribe to stuff and stay subscribed to stuff that I want to see and hear about, and so do a lot of other people. But you have to think about, too, and this is a good point for LinkedIn, and I've heard this with people, is that they're getting inundated probably with what their genre is. Right. So if they're an engineer, they're getting all this engineer stuff because people are trying to sell stuff to them. But if you're a realtor and you're, if they see your content, that's going to be refreshing to them because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's not the same crap I get all the time. So it's the same thing with email marketing. You have to have a system in place where you're gathering that email. We just have a pop-up that says, do you want first, because anytime we have a new product that launches, we email it out. Do you want to be the first to know about our new products? And we get about 150 new subscribers a week. And our unsubscribe rate, we have a really great retention because I'm really diligent about what I'm sending out because I don't like getting crap. So I don't want to send out crap. Mm -hmm. But I keep Sally customer in mind when I'm writing my stuff. So that's a big part of it is that you have to keep your customer base in mind when you're thinking strategy, when you're thinking content, when you're thinking about systems that you're going to use. Is your people on Instagram all the time or are they on Pinterest? So spend more time on the one that they're at the most. Yes, you have to do them all, but, and then again, hire out for the stuff you don't want to (laughs) do. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, So last thing I've got before we wrap this up is how do business owners avoid shiny object syndrome? Because it happens, right? You're getting inundated with a bunch of different stuff. So how do you not fall down the YouTube rabbit hole? How do you not get sucked into Facebook for eight to 12 hours a day? What do you do to... I have a fantastic answer for this. Turn them off? Because I used to have the worst shiny object syndrome that you can imagine. I still do. So I'm going to shut up. I know things about <laughs> platforms that have come online and gone offline that almost no one's even heard of because I was working on them, <laughs> right? Like I've posted stuff on sites, so many that don't exist anymore, kind of doing the old Gary Time's Vee up. thing. Let's try everything. All of it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's great when you have a staff of 17 for your own. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but one of the things is time blocking. I know you don't like time blocking. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just don't know it. Well, this is Gary Keller. He wrote the book, The One Thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it was in an interview. I don't know if it was in the book. I'm, I'm, I'm actually still reading it. I'm kind of at the end. But in an interview, he said that the way that you can tell if someone is successful by looking at their calendar is to see if they've got time on their calendar for themselves and not just for other people. And their own business. Right. So time blocking can help you avoid those because you can be like, oh, well, maybe I'm going to go look at this thing or go do this. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm bumping up against two o'clock and two to three is set aside to do this product thing. Or Does it count it is, if right? I've decided that Saturdays are my day to not work 
And then I work on Sunday because I want to take care of all the stuff that didn't get done on Saturday and Friday or whatever Friday night. And then I'm also preparing for the week. That's kind of like time blocking, right? It is. And I would just put it on your calendar. I mean, the biggest thing is, is if you have somebody, if you have like in our business, Jeremy and Scott and I all have the same calendar. And we have all of our stuff on that calendar so that we can see so that we don't overbook things with each other. So if I don't put time blocks in to say Wednesday morning I send out the marketing newsletter, yeah, somebody will book a meeting. Oh, there, I've got that. Right? I do that. So, yeah, you, as long see, as you're I booking time your time. And the other thing is <laughs> – My calendar does not right? look like your calendar though. Well, and the other thing about kind of shiny object syndrome stuff is if you don't see the people around you in your life using something – there's a pretty good chance that your customers are not there. And I mean, you can find out by asking your customers yeah. stuff, but surveying your customers is another great way, right? Mm-hmm. If you survey all your customers and you say, would you like to be hearing from us on Snapchat? Right. And they and all say no. They all say no, then don't, don't use Don't be on Snapchat. Right? That's pretty easy. Well, in surveys but, too, that's a good point because I don't like put out surveys. I've asked questions, but I will, my survey way of surveying is going online and asking. Yeah. And, and even if I get 10 people answer if they're all saying the same thing that's a pretty good indication that okay they don't like that or they love that and i will take if 10 people say they like something i'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. well and the other (laughs) thing try it you need to use uh, especially social media social media black holes right these these bottomless pits of of stuff because you could scroll on facebook and you're thumb scrolling, yeah. and it will never run out of stuff to show never. you. Never. But if you're going and going, and going if you're right? doing that, you're not spending enough time on your business because right. I do not have time to scroll through Facebook. And when I am scrolling on Facebook, it's at eleven o'clock at night where I'm like, I want to shut down, and my way of shutting down is aimlessly scrolling through Facebook right. so that I don't have to. It keeps me from working. So you can go on your laptop or whatever, go to your Facebook page, hit the inbox button at the top, right? Mm-hmm. So that you have your messenger window open mm-hmm. and then you're not looking at the Facebook feed. Right. Right. And you can go on the feed, post whatever it is, or use Facebook page manager on your app on your phone, post yeah. the thing you need to post and then close it and just leave the messenger yeah. thing open in case you need to talk to people. We didn't talk about scheduling, so, but you guys, there are scheduling right. apps for posts and yeah, the scheduling all kinds of great tools. You just have to Google tools, right. try a few. Like Agora Pulse or Buffer or something, right? And there's hundreds of I them. I use Schedulegram. Schedulegram. Another good, Planoly mm-hmm. does a really great, they help you with content too. But just Google yeah, it and Hootsuite. see what's right for you. There's mm-hmm. so much stuff out there that A, don't get overwhelmed by it. Just pick one that you like and try it out. And if you hate it, don't keep doing it. Don't keep right. this is one of the things that I do to myself as an entrepreneur is where I feel we feel guilty when we're not working because we should be but you shouldn't because you also need to take time for yourself but also figuring out what those tools are and researching it and if you're spending your time figuring out what not to do it's just as important as figuring out yeah. what to do because it will really save you time so the other okay. thing with shiny object syndrome is marketing tools because <sighs> there's so many I don't remember who did the list originally, but I think it was in 2008 they started a list of marketing tools, and there was like yeah. 300 or yeah. 500 or something. I don't know how many there are now. Now it's like 40,000. Ish. Right? Like it's so much that you will never, ever use it all. And some of the marketing tools are so huge. There's no one person who knows everything about Salesforce right. or Infusionsoft or something, yeah. right? So just pick the tool that you need to do the thing that you need to do. Start using it. If it doesn't work, go grab another tool. A good way yeah. also is to, I just go, go to search my app. for people, yeah, who are using. 
I see whoever's yeah. downloaded something the most. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to try that first because that's right. where the masses went for a reason, you know, obviously. And then if that didn't do what I needed it to do, then I'll just right. go down the line. But yeah. And just use the platforms where your people are on them and ask customers what they use because yeah. this happens all the time also is people say, well, I don't use Facebook, so I'm not going to post on Facebook. Yeah. But if all your customers are on Facebook – you better be on Facebook too. Well, right. Greg asked it earlier too. He's like, I don't like Twitter. Should I ignore it? I'm like, no. <laughs> Just toggle the Instagram to go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't love that though because well, I use a lot of images and it won't yeah. toggle the image. But I do have to say my new favorite app, and I told you about Linktree. Mm-hmm. Best shit ever. So Linktree is an app that you It's for your Instagram. So Instagram only has one place that you can actually click to go anywhere. And if you have if you have a YouTube channel that you want people to go to or you have a product that you want people to go to or your website or a free download or a subscribe, Linktree gives you and it's super cute because I'm all about the design and the look of it. So basically, if you go to all things real estate on Instagram and click on my link, it's a Linktree link, but it gives you four different options and I can pick whatever I want those to be. So I picked a subscribe button. I picked, and basically I can put a little image next to it. So it says, if you want to subscribe to our newsletter, click here. If you want to go to our website, click here. If you want this download, click here. I only did it a week ago, so I'm I'm really curious to see it. I haven't looked at it. I'm waiting until the end of the week and then I'll look at the statistics, but it just made so much easier. Like it gave me four more avenues for me to market my business that I didn't have before because before I only had it going to my website. And a lot of times, you know, I don't know how many times people actually click on those, but I do. And I want to see your name also to you guys on Instagram. I mean, I have a whole class for this. I could go on and on, but those are my two greatest tips. It's on your Instagram page. If your business is your handle, your name has to be somewhere in there because when I talk to customers, I can't even tell you guys how many realtors don't have their name in there. They're like best houses in Portland or whatever. And then they comment on one of our things. And then I want to comment back and I want to say, hey, Sarah, but I have to go, hey, houses in Portland. Right. If somebody's looking for a real estate agent or any service, they have to have your you gotta have your name in there, you guys. Because if, even if they're gonna call you, they they don't know who's picking up the phone. They right. don't know your name. Don't make them go a step further because they won't. Kind of the last thing uh, about shiny object syndrome, and then we can kind of wrap it up here. The last thing about shiny object syndrome is statistics. There are so many statistics for every Data kind of marketing. Is everywhere. Anyone can find a graph that goes up and to the right if you look far <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> What you need to do is say, what is the actual KPI? Like, what's my key performance indicator? Is it sales? Is it engagement? Is it whatever that is? And then just track that and don't look at the other stuff unless you have to search through it for something. But also don't not look at your stats. Right. I mean, you need to look at, but look for the things that you're tracking. Absolutely. Not looking for something that makes you feel better. Exactly. Like on the Linktree thing, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I mean, once I see it, then I'll be like, okay, not one person clicked, clicked on any of these links. I'm taking it off. Or if 30 people clicked on one and not on the other, then I'll take that one out. And so there's less options or whatever, but it's a constantly moving part. Your business is always moving. I, we change our website, stuff on our website daily. Right. So you have to stay on top of it because today <laughs> I had somebody Instagram message me on one of our Instagram ads for s- celebration cards. Right. She was like, I really want to buy these, but it says they're $75 and all the other ones are $16.95. I was like, oh my gosh, that was a total <laughs> mistake. Like, thanks for letting me know. But I, w- I don't know how long that's been on there. Right. 
$70 for 10 celebration cards. Those are good cards. <laughs> really good cards. And it comes with its own little celebration. And I sell absolutely zero of them. So that makes sense. <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you, Tracy, for joining us again. Yes, thanks for having and, me. And uh, thank you, Matt, for your wealth of knowledge. And you guys have a great week. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us for episode nine, where we talk about relationship marketing and how it's used to sell large ticket items all over the world. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.